It's Bill Sunday, but we got a Sabres game to react to. A comeback victory over Chicago. We'll break it down. I got some tweets to explain myself for and uh, the goat head of the night. All ahead here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. You're locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where you can watch our show. Uh, I got my Bills gear on for today's episode. You know, it's a Sabres win, uh, but it's a post-game win reaction show but we got a Sunday so Bills and Packers tonight thought I'd rep the uh the one Buffalo scheme I got the saber flag over here a bunch of stuff behind me you know the studio's starting to come together a little bit uh a five to three win the Sabres erase a two goal deficit in the third period to beat Chicago we will go through it here on the show I'll give away the goat head of the night for the team's best player uh, against Chicago. And also, I got a new segment idea that I want to test out, test the waters with today, uh, called Explain Yourself. Just going through my tweets and explaining them and kind of breaking them down further. Because uh, really, it ends up being we were doing my notebook for the game. My notebook ends up just being what I put up on Twitter. Because if I write something down, I usually just tweet it. So, uh, Explain Yourself, coming up today for the first time ever. Um, but what a what a victory! A fun victory for any Saber fan that was in the crowd. Um, a nice Saturday night game. The weather was nice. Little walk to the arena to and from wasn't bad. Maybe you went out after with it being a Saturday night. If you're a Bill, if you go to Sabers and Bills games, the Bills games a night game, so you didn't have to wake up early to tailgate or anything. It was a really cool night to be in the arena and a really cool night in the city. Um, and the Sabers getting the victory the way they did. Hey, hopefully you stayed. Uh, in attendance and you didn't leave early and you could have, you know, they were down two with eight minutes to go. Um, so I would have taken some commitment there, but a fun victory. Uh, nonetheless, the Sabres get the win. They were led by two men. If you were in attendance, you only heard two goal songs on the night. You heard, um, you heard Victor Olson's goal song and you heard Tage Thompson's goal song Thompson with two goals late the first to get within one and then the second to tie it Olison finishes it off uh, in overtime and it was a good victory for the Buffalo Sabres and also a victory where they were definitively the best team throughout it was it was frustrating mind-blowing whatever you want that the Sabres were in that they were down in that game. They dominated the first period, came away 1-1. The second period was a little bit more even and Chicago finds the net twice. Third period again, all Sabers and it was all Sabers throughout. They end up outshooting Chicago on the night 45 to 26. They shot attempts in this game 64 for Buffalo to 38 for Chicago. So they get 62.7% of the shot attempts that went their way. Uh, scoring chances in this game, 34 for the Sabres, 23 for Chicago. High danger scoring chances, 16 for Buffalo, 11 for Chicago. The expected goals for rate in this game, 58% for the Sabres and just under 42% for Chicago. 
And that's not surprising. The Blackhawks, um, I did a crossover episode with Black, with Jack Bushman from the Locked On uh, Blackhawks, and that's available on his YouTube channel. If you're looking to check it out, we kind of have a, a whole season's worth of talk about both teams. Chicago's not a good team. They are not a good team. They are trying to tank. Uh, they have not necessarily had bad results so far this year, but they made a lot of rebuilding-type trades, getting rid of Alex Dabrinkit in the offseason, getting rid of a couple of other veteran players that have been helpful for them and not really bringing anybody else back in. And there have been rumors, of course, about trading Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. This team's expected to be bad. And losing three in a row, three teams that are supposed to be bad in Seattle, Montreal, and Chicago would have been a tough pill to swallow. So good on the Sabres to get back in that one and get the result because it would have been a it would have been a dark morning, I think, coming off of those three losses in a row had that happened. But they didn't. They did not let it happen. Uh, on the score sheet for the Sabres in this game, uh, looking through some of the stats on their end, Victor Olsson gets the, the goal scoring started, uh, the 619 mark in the first period on the power play. Uh, the Sabres power play is starting to come around just a little bit. I like Olsson being on that wall. If there's one thing he's good at, it's being that hired gun on the side that just, you know, can – Rip one-timers, put the puck in the back of the net. And it wasn't that hard for him, right? He's down on one knee. He has to go down on one knee, and it's not the greatest angle. But the goaltender um, for Chicago, he is way out. He's way out. Um, who, uh, why is the name of the, the Chicago netminder escaping me? Um, you know why it's escaping me? This is funny. I'm going to put this up on, uh, on my YouTube channel. I, I had the name. So Soderstrom and I went to look up his name on, on ESPN. Chicago doesn't have him registered. ESPN doesn't have him registered. So you'll like, you'll scroll down. Craig Anderson is listed under goaltender. So this guy is so off the radar for ESPN that he's not even listed because they just don't have him in their database. But anyways, he played great on the night uh, for Chicago, but he's out of position on that first goal. And Olsen is able to put the puck in the back of the net for his fifth of the season. Uh, Jason Dickinson for Chicago then scores to tie the game up at one apiece. Uh, Second period, Sam Lafferty uh, and Taylor Radish get the two goals to put Chicago up three to one. And then the third period that belonged to Tage Thompson and what sparked Tage Thompson on that line was taking Alex Tuck off, putting Kyle Ocposo on. Ocposo, did great. He started both plays uh, that ended up in Thompson goals. The first of which, Ocposo cuts into the slot. He gets a good shot, a good scoring opportunity on net, and then Thompson's able to clean up the rebound. The second goal, Ocposo doing some dirty work behind the net, is able to get it to Jeff Skinner, and Skinner ends up passing it to Thompson. So a great job by Ocposo uh, on that line in the third period. I'd love to see them continue to go with that three into their next game. Ocposo gets two assists. He gets his uh, third and fourth assists of the season on the two Thompson goals. Thompson now up to three goals on the year. Skinner does get two assists uh, in the game as well. So I like that line a lot. Thompson, Ocposo, and Skinner. Uh, One other thing that is not a part of my explain yourself uh, segment, which we'll get to coming up next year. I think Jack Quinn is about to break through. Jack Quinn has been playing a lot more consistently. The giveaways have really shriveled up. They really aren't existent anymore. He's getting a lot of good scoring opportunities. He looks like he's playing 
with more confidence. Uh, he's trying moves that he's capable of. He is skating hard, he, or like fast even. He's going to the middle of the ice. He looks like he's playing a little less timid, and I think the Sabres are about to get a lot of results from him. So Jack Quinn, although he hasn't been putting it up on the stat sheet in the last couple of games, he has been... Um, He's. I think he's about to be putting it up on the stat sheet. Uh, in terms of some of his advanced numbers on the night that kind of point to that, shot attempts in the, in this game, when Quinn was on the ice, 17 for the Sabres, three. Three for Chicago. So his line was dominant when they were on the ice. Um, an expected goals for rate percentage in this game for Jack Quinn of 87.5%. Uh, that's an incredible, incredible number for him. So Quinn is, uh, I think, about to break through. We'll come back. Let's try a segment out. Twitter, explain yourself. I got some tweets that I sent out. It's kind of my notebook, but it's in Twitter form. Uh, so we'll do that when we come back before I give away Sabres Goathead of the Night. And we sail across the Atlantic. We'll do that because the Atlantic Division is getting very interesting uh, even in the first couple of weeks of the season. That's ahead here on the Locked on Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Our podcast is brought to you by betonline.net. It's your number one source for betting hockey, but also football, the start of the NBA season, the World Series. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf as well. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Jody Biasi back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. All right, let's try out a new segment. Uh, it's called Explain Yourself. I got some tweets that I sent out in the course of the Sabres victory over Chicago that we're going to run through, and I am going to explain in greater detail. Uh, so you can follow along on YouTube. I'll put tweets up uh, in visual form as well. So let's start uh, with my first tweet of the night. Uh, need this hat and need the NHL to go back to this logo full time. It was a quote tweet from Michael Ryan uh, of the Dan Levitard show who was in Buffalo. He's in Buffalo for the Packers-Bills game and he decided to go to Sabres and Blackhawks as well. And Mike Ryan and his, uh, I believe his wife, have old school vintage NHL hats. So the old NHL crest that went the other way, the, the, the diagonal NHL goes left to right and from top to bottom, and it's that orange color instead of the black and silver that they presently have. I love that hat. It's a black hat. I want it. And also, the NHL does need to go back to that logo full time. I think that logo is way better. Um, it's so much sharper. It's got the color to it that I like. Um, I'll put, maybe I'll put a poll up at Lockdown Sabres. The NHL, they, that might be a runaway though. The NHL should go back to their original crest um, that they got rid of in 2006. Uh, my next tweet from the night. Is that the first time in NHL history a player has scored, had it called back on a review, and then scored again, but even earlier on the clock? Victor Olofsson literally went back in time in this game. He scored a goal. It was reviewed for offside. They took the goal away. And also, because it was offsides 15 seconds earlier, they had to reset the clock. So Olsen scored with, like, what was the exact time? Olsen scored with at the 619 mark of the first period. I believe his original goal was at the 610 mark 
So Olafson basically went back in time nine seconds and scored a goal because he scored it right off the draw after the uh, after the review and then the delay um, with the uh, the panel of glass. Is that the first time an NHL player has ever done that? I wonder because I think it might be, but that's a that's a tough way to look it up. By the way, a little shout out to Matt Beauvais. What a great tweet after that goal. Puck, don't lie. So Olsen scores. It gets taken away, and then he immediately scores again. Love the puck, don't lie. And Finn, uh, Finn agrees. All right. Uh, our next uh, tweet on the night. Olsen, for that depth defenseman they would want, would be a fine trade. So Victor Olsen, he's going to get some, some props from me coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, but... I have not been impressed with Victor Olison throughout his Sabres career. He has developed his shot, and that's the one thing that he is great at. But I do not believe that he is an all-around quality hockey player. He's very average to below average in every other facet of his game. Uh, and while he was great on the night, he scored two goals, um, I would still be very willing and open to trading him because also it's not like – his age really fits for what the Sabres are going for. They're trying to build it up young. They're trying to get it guys that are before the primes of their careers so that they all kind of hit the primes of their career together. Olsen's already in it. Uh, he's 27 years old, and he's fine. He's good. He's a good goal scorer, but certainly someone that I think the Sabres should be willing to part with if there's a good trade out there uh, for a defenseman. Um but I got a lot of fans kind of spitting back at, okay, wait a minute. He's our most accomplished goal scorer on the team. He's our most consistent goal scorer on the team. One, he's not because that is definitely Tage Thompson and also Skinner when he's at his best. But I get it. Olsen scores goals on a team that doesn't have a lot of guys you can count on night to night for that. So it's I'm not rushing him out the door, forcing him out the door. Um, but as I said there, I would I would be on board if they decided to, uh, to sell Olsen uh, and get a player on the blue line. Uh, my next tweet on the night. Why today did Anderson decide to pull out his Hashik impression? And then I had to follow up and say, and not in a good way. I wanted people to know that that wasn't me saying that Dominic Hashik, uh, he's, he's doing his best impression and that he's stopping everything. Anderson was doing a lot of flopping. Uh, on Saturday night against Chicago. Did anybody else notice that? He was flopping around. You know, he was going down, trying to stack the pads. He was, you know, diving behind him with his glove along the ice. Just not great form from Craig Anderson. It's almost a game you'd expect from a rookie playing his first NHL game. Uh, I don't know if he just kind of lost his mind for a couple of those plays and thought he was Dominic Hasek, but Anderson, a couple of those goals by Chicago, I just didn't like the way he played them. The one where it gets they challenge it for goaltender interference, where he's literally on his side along the ice. I just I did not like that uh, from Craig Anderson. Uh, my next tweet from the night that we'll go through: seasons with eighty plus points. Jonathan Taze one. Derek Roy one. So my uh, <laughs> I've always kind of had this take that Jonathan Taze is overrated. Uh, and this kind of just is, you know, it's a little shot. It's a little twist of the knife in that take. The fact that T Jonathan Tate only has one uh, in his career. And the, tonight, the Sabres are playing Chicago. So, I think it's a good opportunity as always to do it. And he had a bad game. I didn't think Tate was very good. Uh, he takes a penalty late in the third period that ends up costing his team the, the win. Um, but is it, I just thought it was interesting that Taze has one season in the 80s for points. And Derek Roy had one in the 80s for points. Uh, Taze, I get it. He's the intangibles guy. He's going to go down to history. He's one of the greatest leaders in NHL history. But 
he was never really an elite player, in my opinion, at, at one time. He was always really good, but always got a little bit more credit than I thought he deserved. The last one that we'll go through uh, in the Explain Yourself segment. Uh, Sabres need a Max Finneganoff guy where every time he goes through the neutral zone with speed, the crowd gets up on their feet. Remember that used to happen with the Finneganoff? Everybody would always get up on their feet because they thought something special was about to happen because he would be zooming through the zone at 100 miles per hour. The Sabres don't have a guy like that where they come through the neutral zone with speed and you're expecting something special to happen. And I got a lot of replies of, well, they had that guy and they traded him to Vegas. That's right. Eichel was that. But just because we're happy with the Eichel return and we're happy that Eichel is now, we're moved on past that era of Sabres hockey, doesn't mean they don't need a guy like Eichel. They They need a guy that is super fast and can control the puck and is an amazing stick handler. I think the Sabres do need that elite offensive force. Now, I will say this. I do think they might have the guy in the organization, but I'm not sure he's on the team. A lot of people want to tell me J.J. Paterka is that guy. That might be right. I think the guy most likely to be this player goes to the neutral zone, everybody gets up because they think something special could happen. I think the guy for that is Matthew Savoy. I think when Savoy gets here, he might turn into that player, uh, but he certainly isn't that, uh, of course, right now because he's not on the team. Uh, so anyways, that is our first in- edition of uh, Explain Yourself uh, after the Sabres win over Chicago. Uh, we'll come back, give away the Sabres goat head of the night, and we'll sail across the Atlantic here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Welcome back to the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase at Sneaky Joe Sports on Twitter at Lockdown Sabres on Twitter. If you want to shoot us a question or a comment on YouTube or on Twitter, we're always uh, reading them on the podcast if you're looking to get involved with the show. Uh, Sabres Goathead of the night. Their best player on the night was Victor Olofsson. You can't deny it from Olofsson. Even though I argued maybe he should be traded during the middle of the game, uh, I do think Olofsson... Um, was worthy of being the best player for the Sabres. Two goals. It really was three, right? He scores, it gets reviewed, it gets taken away, he scores again. Three times we heard his goal song. Three times he put the puck in the back of the net. So I'm going to give it to Olofsson tonight. One, he opens the scoring and the power play in the first period, and then he gets the game winner on the power play um, in overtime. And also, five on five. I mean, he scores two power play goals, but five on five. Olofsson was great. Shot attempts for Olofsson. He was number one of the team in Corsi 4 percentage, number one in Fenwick percentage, number one in expected goals for. His expected goals for was 98%. 98% is incredible. Olofsson, 18 shots for the Sabres while he was on the ice at five on five and three for the Blackhawks. And that was that line playing great overall of Olofsson, Quinn, and Middlestat. But... He was great. Uh, he was phenomenal, even at five on five. Just a great overall all-around game for Olofsson. And he was able to put the puck in the back of the night uh, twice. He was the game's second star. Uh, Tate Thompson was the game's first star. All right, quick sail across the Atlantic before we wrap things up on today's show. Uh, and I focus on football for the rest of the day. Uh, on Saturday night, a lot of teams in action in the Atlantic division, which we'll put the standings up in a second here. Everyone's playing really well right now to start the year in the division. Uh, Florida and Ottawa played on Saturday night for an intra-division matchup. Uh, Florida wins the game 5-3 to to improve to 5-3-1 and one on the season. Brandon Montour, former Sabre, 
was the game's first star with a goal and two assists. The Panthers had 58 shots in this game. 58 shots. So they were all over Ottawa. In fact, Anton Forsberg got the game's third star just by giving up five because he had 53 saves. Uh, Second, imagine that. Who gets a star of the game when they allow five goals? Detroit gets another win uh, on their resume for the season. Two to one over the Minnesota Wild to improve to 4-2-2 two, and two on the season. Montreal gets back in the win column. They have a winning record even now at 5-4 and four with a 7-4 win over the St. Louis Blues. The most interesting game of the night, though, I think in the Atlantic Division, was the Toronto Maple Leafs falling again, this time to the LA Kings by a score of 4-2. to Toronto now 4-4-1. Four, four, on the season, they are right at 500, and they also have uh, tied with Ottawa the lowest point percentage in the division this year. So, as the Atlantic Division currently stands, we've got Boston in first at 16 points. We've got Florida in second at 11 points. I know Boston eight and one; they've been unstoppable this year. The Sabers, Detroit, Canadiens, Lightning all tied with 10 points. The Sabres and Red Wings have done it in eight games, and the Sabres have you know five wins. Uh, Detroit has four. They have the two overtime losses, so the Sabres are uh, currently in the third spot. The Sabres also have the second-best goal differential in the d- division with plus seven. Boston plus 18. They're through the roof. Um, Ottawa actually was in the last, has a plus three, and then Florida and Detroit are at plus one. But the Sabres are the second-best goal differential at plus seven. And then you've got Toronto with nine points in nine games, Ottawa with eight points in eight games. So everybody in the Atlantic division is 500 or better. Uh, A lot of that has to do with the Atlantic is beating up on the West. Uh, The Sabres beat up on the West a little bit. The, the Red Wings are doing it a little bit. I think they're just winning their games cross conference is kind of allowing for the fact that they're all above 500. So a great start to the year for the Atlantic division, and it's going to be ultra competitive uh, as the season progresses. If the Sabres want to keep clawing their way uh, into that top four. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the locked on Sabres podcast. So the Sabres week to come a couple of more home games uh, before they get back on the road Monday night against the Detroit Red Wings, another Atlantic division matchup. Then the Sabres host the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's a Wednesday, seven 30 puck drop. I believe that's because that game is going to be nationally televised on ESPN. Um, so seven 30 on Wednesday against Pittsburgh and then Friday night at Carolina Saturday night at Tampa Bay. And then we're inching closer to Jack Eichel's return November 10th. Uh, we are just over a week away from the Sabres hosting the Golden Knights, and that place will be electric, uh, I'd imagine, for that game. So that's going to do it for us today here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Lockdown Game to Game, NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Lockdown Game to Game covers every game across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Lockdown NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Talk to you tomorrow here on Lockdown Sabres.